0: Ladies and gentlemen, my guest on Chair Shots to the Cranium Interviews is a wrestler who has wrestled all over the world and he backs it up with tremendous success. He's won countless championships throughout his career, including the WWE Tag Team Championships. He's wrestled for Florida Championship Wrestling, WWE, Lucha Underground, and he's currently touring the independent wrestling scene and wrestling for Universal Championship Wrestling. He's formerly known as Justin Gabriel during his time in WWE. I'm proud to have as my guest the very talented PJ Black. How are you doing today, man?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I hardly have any bad days uh,
0: lately. Uh, Thank you for having me on the show. I'm excited. Yeah, thank you for being here. So you recently, like I mentioned in my opening statement, you recently agreed to wrestle for Universal Championship Wrestling. How excited are you to wrestle for this unique and exciting independent company whose motto is really built around the tradition of professional wrestling? I'm oh, very
1: excited. I mean, obviously, one of my favorite things in, in, on the independent scene is working at new places, for uh, new companies, and working new talent. Um, I, I think it's a fantastic time to be a wrestler and an even better time to be a wrestling fan right now. You know, there's so many talented guys on the independents, and there's uh, so many new companies popping up and all these new TV companies trying to sign new talent. It's, it's really an exciting time all around in, in wrestling in Europe and the guys like UCW they put on a great show and I'm always excited to to come hang out with the fans and uh, you know especially in, in the metro area of Atlanta where the show is I'm, I'm always excited to go back to that area
0: yeah and they'll be happy to see you for sure and i, I tell you with, with universal championship wrestling and i've mentioned this in past interviews i've done with their talent it, it's it's non action it's just it's, it's high intensity it's never boring it's a, a blend of old school wrestling with new school wrestling and I, honest to goodness i've never been to a show where i wasn't thoroughly impressed and and, and very excited when i left there That's perfect, because that's my style. That's
1: exactly, everything you mentioned there is my style. I do, uh, my style is hybrid, it's fast, it's... It's fun. And, you know, I also throw in a lot of old school stuff in there. And I'm a huge fan of obviously old school wrestling. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a student of the game. I, I study old and new. And, you know, I, I try to mix it all up. And because um, I, I feel like wrestling is an art form, right? And art is, art is kind of subjective and different people like different things. So I like to sprinkle a little bit of everything in there. So I make sure every single person in the crowd can
0: go home and be like, yo, did you see that guy, PJ Black? Yeah. He was awesome. Well, I think you're going to fit in good with Universal Championship Wrestling. Then, from what I can hear, I think it should be yes, very sir. exciting. So, tell me about you. Talked a little about independent wrestling. What are your thoughts on the state of independent wrestling right now? I, I think it's
1: great. I think like right now, um, next month I would have, I would be wrestling for 22 years, but I've been I ref I refereed matches for five for like four or five years before that. So I've been in the business for twenty five years. So I've seen a lot of stuff come and go. I feel like right now is a very, very exciting time in wrestling. Uh, like I mentioned before, like the independence, you know so many new companies popping up. There's a lot of companies with a with uh, T with V deals and the stuff that we see with MLW and AEW and so many other up and coming companies that can actually sign talent to contracts. And and it's pretty cool too because you know uh, companies like ROH and TNA those, those um, talent are signed to contracts, but they can still do independent bookings. And a lot of people don't realize that. And I think that's fantastic. So we get to see matchups of, you know, like a TNA champion versus the ROH champion. And, you know, like obviously there's on, on like a UCW show, for instance, at, I feel like it's a, yeah, it's, it's a really incredible, exciting time. I cannot express how excited I am about 2019.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your training regimen. What do you do to keep yourself ready to compete? Um I I used to
1: do like the bodybuilding thing for years and years, you know, but you know bodybuilding only helps for aesthetics, to look good, which is great because everyone wants to look good, but recently in the last year or so I've, I've changed it up. I do a lot of free running, I do a lot of gymnastic stuff. I do a lot of functional training, you know, because I mean wrestling is still a physical Sport, you have to jump up and down, do flips off the rope, and you, you know it's a little bit different than what it used to be. So I kind of train in calisthenics, which is all body weight training. Um, I'm currently the heaviest I've ever been in my life, but I'm also in the best shape of my life. So I, whatever I'm doing is working. Um, but yeah, and I do obviously a lot of extreme sports on the on the side, which keeps me fit. Uh, do a lot of hiking um, at altitude, which helps a lot. Uh, But, yeah, I I try not to stick to the same thing. I don't do the same routines. I do every day in the gym will be different every day. Yesterday I was in the ring, actually, for the first time in a long time, like, learning some new flips, Um, trying to come up with some new stuff. Because, like, I feel like the younger generation keeps evolving and they keep, like, pushing us further and further. And I was like, okay, you know, people know what I can do. So I got to add in some new things to show them, like, yo, I can I can still do and kind of learn some new things, too, and keep up with the younger talents of today.
0: Well, you were mentioning about some of the uh, other things you do outside of the ring, and I, I'm hearing that you've done some extreme sports, like jumping off buildings and cliffs and all this other stuff. How in the world do you do that kind of stuff? I, I commend you. I'm scared. This guy right here is scared to death of heights. There's no way in the world I'm jumping off a building or a cliff or an airplane. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was kind
1: of just a, a hobby of mine that I do on the side skydiving and base jumping it's it's extreme sports but uh you know a lot of people think that us extreme athletes we like these crazy people with a death wish and stuff like that but it's actually it's actually quite the opposite it's very it's a very calculated sport um you know a lot of thinking and thought goes into it we don't i don't just put on a parachute and jump off a building
0: it's right like
1: days and days and days of planning checking the weather the angles where you're gonna land Um, You know, there's a lot of thought that goes in. And I feel like the whole process to me, that's what's intriguing. Obviously, the jump is fun. It's great, but it's over so quickly. But the whole process, that's that's really what intrigues me. It's kind of like like building a wrestling show
0: almost. Yeah, I can see that. The build up, the build up's the excitement there. Yep. Yeah, most definitely. So, how does that training compare to your in ring training? Any differences there? I mean, does that help you when you get in the ring, the training you do for this stuff? Yeah, I do.
1: injured a while ago and so I tried out a bunch of different things and stuff that have really helped me in my life is meditation and I know it sounds funny like people think like well, what do you do? just sit there and and people like a Buddha you know and say oh but like meditation really is just you going quiet into your into your own mind and I feel like base jumping and skydiving is a, a forced meditation because you're completely present at that moment you don't you don't think of the stuff that you have to do tomorrow or the bills that you have to pay or something that happened or bothered you yesterday you know nothing matters like nothing nothing in the world matters except for that specific moment where you have to do something so it's kind of like a forced meditation and, and that's what what draws me to that
0: that sounds extremely interesting i never really looked at it that way in terms of being meditation i would think it's more of an adrenaline rush but hearing you talk about that it makes total sense
1: right yeah a lot of people i mean it is isn't a, a, a huge adrenaline rush but for me more than anything it's it's more uh, meditation for me
0: <laughs> so early on in your career and, and, and of course currently you were uh, referred to as pj black you went by the character named pj black and he, when you went to wwe you switched over to justin gabriel that's a big big change their name how was that your decision or was that the wwe uh, wwe creative team
1: Yeah, so the WWE, they want to own everything, right? And understandably, it's a big company. It's a corporate company. And for trademarks and copyrights and stuff like that, they have to own everything. There's obviously a few guys that can get away with using their own names, and that's why they they change the system. And I feel like it keeps changing back and forth. But at that time when I was going through developmental, everyone had to come up with uh, like a name and a last name that's completely different, that doesn't sound like your name at all. And I came up with Justin Angel, actually. that's the the character I, I wanted to run with. and Vince Vince knew Chris Angel, so he didn't like the the Angel character and he changed it to Gabriel my first day on NXT TV without me even knowing.
0: Oh wow. And
1: so I, it kind of just like stuck from there. I had no no choice. made the best of it. Uh, and a lot of people don't realize that. I was only Justin Gabriel for what like eight, nine years. Uh, I've been PJ Black for like 15, 16 years now.
0: <laughs> right, exactly. So you signed that developmental deal with WWE in 2008. What were the major differences you saw with WWE compared to what you were accustomed to and some of the other promotions that you worked for?
1: So I grew up in South Africa, and that's why I mainly worked. South Africa, Europe, uh, North Africa, Eastern Europe, and stuff like that. And WWE actually moved me to the U.S., so that was the first time I came to the U.S. was with WWE. Um... But, yeah, it was very different at that time, especially growing up in Africa. It's a third-world country. Uh, a lot of people then, didn't, don't realize this, but in the 80s, early 90s, South Africa was like an unofficial territory. Remember back in the day when we had the territories? Right. I remember growing up seeing Andre the Giant and Hogan come wrestle our, champ, our local champion in South Africa. But, of course, there was no YouTube or Internet back then, so like there's no record of this stuff. Right. That. But I remember remember the stuff as a kid and you know like obviously I, when i grew up 16 17 broke into the business did that whole territory myself It kind of died out in 99 and that's why i kind of left i went to europe i lived in england for five years and trained there and worked some independent shows and the wrestling was just about to like boom in in europe and like between 2002 to 2005 it went through like a massive spike and then it kind of like died down again and i, and I feel like it, it in 2012, it just it just blew up. Like Europe right now is big. That's why WWE went in there and did the UK, the NXT UK thing and the UK tournaments. And obviously they, they they go in there where, wherever the money is and and that you know that's that's just how it works. It's a it's a business. It's a corporation. Uh, but yeah, I was there for the start of all of that.
0: Now, if I understand correctly or remember correctly, your dad was actually a very famous wrestler. And promoter in South Africa, correct? Correct, correct. Yep, that's
1: where I got my start. Um, he he passed away in '99, though. That's why wrestling kind of died because he ran one of the biggest promotions, and then everyone expected me to take over the company. But I was like, I'm not a promoter. I'm a wrestler. This is what I want to do. And and I was I was 18 at the time. So for me to run like one of the biggest companies at that time in Africa, it just it didn't it didn't make sense in my head. So I just kind of like. I packed the bag and I just ran away and I was like I'm just gonna go
0: do the Indies worldwide <laughs> now back then when you signed that developmental deal uh, when FCW Florida Championship Wrestling existed and you of course wrestled for them what were some of your most memorable opponents in FCW oh man so many guys I mean guys that you see on TV today right Seth Rollins Dean Ambrose Roman Reigns
1: uh, Leo Kruger who is now who later became Adam Rose um Fandango uh Ben Beretta, who's in New Japan right now, um, so many guys, like, if, if you look at the roster page from that era, I think there's probably, like, two or three guys who didn't make it, like, every single one of those kids, well, kids, dudes, <laughs> made it in his wrestling currently on the either the independence or signed to a big contract to a tv company somewhere and uh, in my 20 years that was probably the most fun i've ever had Too, i was in developmental for you know for 10 months only which is very short a lot of those guys have been there for like four five six years and then the NXT thing happened uh, the nexus thing happened after that so it was kind of like being at the right time at the right place but yeah it was one of the one of the most fun times in my life. Think about this: like I got moved to a foreign country, I got moved to the U.S., um, getting paid a ton of money to just wrestle every day. I had no bills to pay. I didn't have a car payment. I didn't even have a phone. Like I had someone wow. pick me up, pick me up at the house every day. We'd go, we'd go to the gym, go to the wrestling practice, go to the show at night, and then that was my my my, my kind of like loop like every every single day for 10 months until i got called up onto tv it was a really fun time in my life for sure just you know like being a 25 year old kid and just getting paid like like thousands of dollars
0: just to like just to wrestle like oh yeah it was was amazing yeah you had it made man that sounds awesome (laughs) now you were there for the birth of nxt uh did you or anyone else there foresee it turning into the brand that it it ended up being today
1: no completely not funny story when NXT started, it was supposed to be a reality show like uh, the Ultimate Fighter, right. you know, the UFC thing, where everyone lives in the house. That was the idea going into that. And then obviously WWE Creative time just kind of like flew by. They didn't have a house, they didn't have a plan, they didn't have a show, or anything. And at that time, the first season of NXT was live on TV because we had to film live on on the on the east Co- or the west coast, I think. Um, that's when the net- network just started. And so, yeah, they had no plans. They're so like, oh, okay, guess we're just going to do a normal res- wrestling show. And uh, a lot of people didn't realize this either. A lot of it, nothing was scripted. The promos, the matches, it was just kind of like, like, yo, just, you guys just go do your thing. And I feel like we messed it up so bad that season two and three was kind of completely scripted. And, you know, it, it turned into something completely different. And then season four and then season five. And then eventually, I don't know, it kind of just became... A byproduct of WWE you know like superstars is or main event just like an extra show Right. and then and then Triple H became
0: the the CEO and he turned it into an actual brand which I think he did a fantastic job with yeah no question I mean that kind of segues into my, another question I had for you what are your thoughts on how they're currently developing the talent in NXT and the product that they're putting out there for the fans so it's good and bad in a
1: way it's good because it's a, I think it's a great product they have some Phenomenal athletes, great talent. I love the product myself. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, I don't think that the performance center is going to produce new talent. Like, we were in FCW, like 10, 12 guys would go up on the road and they were instant stars. Like, right now, like, the, the performance center hasn't produced any talent. All those guys already made names for themselves on the
0: independent circuits or other companies. True. I think yeah. that's. I think over the last what five
1: years they produced one person, and that was Braun Strowman. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't. I don't
0: that sounds about I don't, right.
1: Yeah, no one else that came out of there they actually made. All those other kids made their names on the independent circuit or another company already. But uh, but still, I, I mean, you you can't knock the system. It's a it's a great system. The performance center itself is world class. The gym there—they have a bunch of rings and crash pads, and they have the best coaches in the world. They have green screen rooms there. They have promo coaches, promo rooms. You know, it's 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 like it's next level. So it it was it was inevitable that it was
0: going to become a brand to stand by itself. And What are your feelings about um, how they're using the talent when they're called up to the main roster? Because that's a little bit of criticism that they've received—is that hey, they're doing phenomenal in the NXT brand but they get caught up to the main roster and they sort of fizzle out a little bit. What's your what are your opinion? What's your opinion on that?
1: Yeah, and it's kind of sad too, you know, cuz you see like here's a perfect example. Like Adam Rhodes was one of the most over and fun characters in NXT and then they they pull him on the road and then, you know, nothing. And I mean, you see that happen all the time. So I feel like there's just maybe a little disconnect, maybe there's a little Yeah. communication the gap between Hunter and Vince, you know, I feel like that's—it's. I mean, that's going to be there for a while until I, I. don't even know how I would, how I personally would sort that out. It's kind of sad, but uh, I feel like they—they they will. It's just going to take time, and wrestling keeps evolving, and the, you know, the development system or NXT just keeps evolving, and you know, like, hopefully for all the fans, they'll figure that stuff out
0: sooner or later. I agree. I agree totally with you. Um, let's talk about your time with Nexus. I thought it was a fantastic storyline, and it made me want to tune in to see what you guys were going to do next. I thoroughly enjoyed it. What were you guys being told by WWE creative team when this incredible faction was being formed? Uh, at that time, and that's also why it
1: worked, because we didn't have a lot of input from a lot of different people. Like That's the problem these days. You have input from like 10 different agents, 10 different creative writers and and there's engines and producers and that's what the problem is these days i feel like but at that time we were just taking direction directly from vince it was his baby it was his idea mm-hmm. and he he was just like do whatever you guys want like the 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 the,
0: the shittier the, the better you know the, the, right, <laughs> right. The, you know and then we just we never thought it was going to be
1: as big as it was and it was a really fun run because while we like while we we're doing it we we're like oh wow this could be Something really big, and um, the moment we realized it was going to be something big, it's it was the backstage people actually. You know, there's some camera guys and some crew guys, and you know, the seamstress ladies, those people have been there for 25 to 30 years with the company. People don't realize this, like, because people don't hear or talk about the, the crew or the backstage people, but they've been there for a long time, and when those people have seen a lot of wrestling and a lot of angles and different characters in their lives when those people come up to you and be like wow guys this is great this is unique like i cannot wait to see what you guys do next week
0: yeah that's that's when we were like oh shit this is this is kind of cool like this and yeah we just ran with it um i feel like that whole storyline should have dragged out a little bit more i mean we didn't even get a wrestlemania moment out of that which is sad yeah you're exactly right yeah you're right i was very disappointed by that
1: yeah but, I mean, it was what it was. Everyone involved, I feel like, learned a bunch of lessons, especially the people who, who try to kind of stop that storyline. And I'm not going to go too much into that. I mean, you can, you yeah. can kind of go Google what happened with that whole sure. thing. And
0: Sure. Now, early in 2011, you split away from Nexus. What were your feelings on your on the direction of your character and where it was going at that time? Well, after the Nexus,
1: we started the core, which is kind of like a knuckle version of that.
0: Right. Like a, uh, the core of the
1: Nexus it was supposed to be but you know that momentum was already killed like we didn't have that Nexus momentum anymore and it was fun for a little while they gave us a bunch of cool storylines one of the one of the coolest ones that I can remember remember Edge actually uh, retired as the World Heavyweight Champion he didn't lose a match for like two years I think the last match that he lost on TV was against Justin Gabriel Uh, nice that actually just (laughs) came up on Monday Yeah, Monday it was eight years ago so that was like one of the most memorable things out of the the core and then right after the core um yeah we all went in our single singles run and i I really thought that i was gonna get a big little a big push as a as a baby face and um yeah it just never happened like every week there was something else and then you know like something else and then no do this do this do this do this and that kind of dragged out for like two three years and and eventually, I was just like, I was just fed up, and that's
0: what led me to my departure. Well, I have to be honest with you. Um, I'm not just saying this because I'm doing an interview with you. I'm, I'm sincere when I say this. I was a big fan of your character and your in-ring style at that time, and I felt you deserved a title run. Was there ever a plan for that?
1: But there was actually. I don't know if you remember Cody Rhodes when he won the title when he brought back the the white IC title. Yep. Um, I was doing a, like an anti-bullying thing where. Cody would bully Hornswoggle, and I would run in every week and save him, and uh, it was supposed to be a big title run for me there, but uh, a bunch of stuff happened, which again, I don't don't really want to talk about it, let's just say it was some politics that happened, and then that never happened, which I wasn't mad at at the time, because maybe I wasn't ready. And then something came around again a little bit later, and again, it was kind of just like stopped dead in its tracks. And I was like, all right, like someone someone here is working against me, so I'm going to have to try to do my own thing. But it, it's okay. I, I mean, there's still time. I feel like at the time, maybe I wasn't ready. Um, you know, I had a lot of weaknesses at that time, which I feel like right now are my strengths. You know, so if I ever do go back, it'll be a completely different ball game. Um, they did actually approach me to go back to NXT recently, um, but I turned that down to take another offer. I actually
0: today. What's what's today? Uh, twenty second. Today, as of today, the twenty second, I can finally I know the dirties have been saying this for months,
1: but officially, I signed my contract today.
0: Nice. Like, yeah. So we got a scoop there, right? You got it. You're the first guy to know it. Like, nice. I, mean, I know they've been, they reported it on the dirt sheets for the last three, four weeks, but it was never official. It was just, it was just negotiations. Well, thanks for that, man. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is the cranium shot portion of the interview. I'm going to say a name. All right, and you give me the first uh, reaction to that name. It can be a word, one word reaction. Could be several words. You ready? <laughs> okay. All right, Matt Hardy. Great coach. Wade Barrett. Phenomenal promo. Drew McIntyre. Uh, the, the chosen one. CM Punk. <sighs> Pipe bomb. <laughs> Alright, finally, The Miz. The Miz. Equally annoying in real life as his character on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Well, PJ, man, I really appreciate your time today. It's been an absolute honor to sit down and, and, and talk about your career. I, I cannot thank you enough.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. Uh, thank you for the for the insight and the, the, the good questions. I normally get the same questions over and over. I really appreciate your time, too. Thank you.
0: No, no problem at all. And fans, make sure you check out PJ at Universal Championship Wrestling Super Brawl Show taking place on Saturday, February the 2nd, a Super Bowl weekend. In Griffin, Georgia, buying a ticket is extremely simple. Just go to their website. It's ucwtv.com. Again, ucwtv.com. You can also follow them on Universal Championship Wrestling social media, which is on Instagram and Twitter, It's at ucwtv, and also on Facebook under Universal Championship Wrestling. And before we go, PJ, how can the fans uh, follow you on social media?
1: Yes, I'm very active on social media, especially Instagram. Um, You can go to my website. It's pjblack.com. And all the links to all my social medias will be there. The links to my YouTube page will be there. On my YouTube page, there's a lot of my favorite independent matches and moments in WWE. And a lot of my base jumping stuff. If anyone wants to check out the skydiving stuff and base jumping stuff that I do outside of wrestling, there's a lot of fun stuff on there, too. Uh, You can buy some merch on there. Uh, Yeah, All all the links to the social media will be on pjblack.com.
0: PJ again, thank you again for your time, and I cannot wait to see you in action Universal Championship Wrestling. Yes, sir. I'll see you in two weeks. I'll be there. Fans, I hope you enjoyed that interview with PJ Black. I encourage you to go to my website. That's chairshots to the cranium.com. Again, chairshots to the cranium.com. Listen to all my past interviews on there. Read old columns from back in the day look at other very entertaining information that i have on my website again cheershots to thecranium.com mobile friendly so you can pull it up on that mobile device that you have in front of you easy to scroll through and find all the information that you need also make sure that you follow me on instagram and twitter cheer 2 cranium as cheer the number 2 cranium on instagram and on twitter and please subscribe to my youtube channel on there, you'll see all my past interviews. you also see all my past shows, and you do not want to miss that, so subscribe on the YouTube channel. As always, I appreciate you listening, and thank you for taking another chair shot to the cranium.